Hey everyone, and welcome to our new podcast series, Living in the Goodness of God. When you don't understand how God really is, it can create all kinds of problems in your life. We previously talked about four sources of stress in your life that you don't need when you understand the goodness of God. And so in today's pod, we're going to look at three fundamental truths about God's goodness and why you should never worry. So let's jump right in. First fundamental truth about God's goodness is the source. It is the source of everything I need to live. You don't have to look to the government. You don't have to look to your spouse or your individual retirement account or your social security or your job. You simply need to look to God as the source of everything you need to live. And if you're going to put your security in something, you got to put it in something that can't be taken away from you. Because if it can be taken away from you, how secure is it? See, you can lose your health, your job, your good looks, even your hair. You can lose your family and you can even lose your mind. You can lose all these things. So don't put security in anything or anyone. You have to put it in something that can't be taken away from you. And that is your relationship with God. Nobody can take that away from you. Psalm 23 is we're going to go over this In this whole series, Psalm 23, verse 1, it says, The Lord is my shepherd, I will lack nothing, or I shall not be in want. That's the place where he says, I will be your security in every area. You're not going to lack anything. Now, what's a shepherd? Now, most of us didn't grow up on a sheep farm, but shepherds are people who simply care for sheep. Now, sheep are incredibly defenseless. They have tons of predators. They're not fast. They don't run. They don't have claws. They don't have teeth with incisors that can bite you. And they're not very smart. They fall off cliffs. They get lost. They need someone to defend them. They need a shepherd. They can't make it on their own. They're like the one animal, if you look at them and you say, how can they possibly not have gone extinct. It's because they have shepherds. A shepherd feeds, leads, and meets the needs of the sheep. And God says, I will be your shepherd. I will feed you. I will lead you. I will meet your needs. Now, your needs are various. Sometimes you need protection. Sometimes you need comfort. Sometimes you need encouragement. Sometimes you need discipline. Sometimes you need direction. And we're going to look at all the different needs that God has promised to meet in your life. Now, if you're a parent, you're also a shepherd. Dads and moms, it's your job to feed, lead, and meet the needs of your kids. You have a shepherd's role. And if you're ever in a management position in a business, in your career, you have people under you that you're supervising, that you care for. It's your job to feed information, to motivate them, things like that. It's your job to lead them. It's your job to meet the needs of the people. And as a leader, you serve them, not they serve you. That's one of the problems with the nature of leadership is that leaders are servants. They're they're in power, but their whole duty is to serve. And if you mess that up, then you miss out on what a, being a leader is. So the second fundamental truth is there's nothing I need that God cannot supply. Philippians 4.19 says God will supply all your ever need from his glorious resources in Christ Jesus. God's goodness is not based on your goodness. It's based on his goodness. You don't have to be good for God to be good to you. The third fundamental truth is God doesn't want us worrying about anything. Worry may be the most common sin on our planet. God says you don't need to worry. Philippians 4, 6, don't worry about anything. Pretty clear, right? 
It continues, instead, pray about everything. You can pray or you can panic. If you're not praying, you're panicking. So why does God not want me worrying about anything? Well, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus gives us five reasons why worry is worthless. The first one, worry is unreasonable. In other words, it doesn't make sense. It's illogical. It's irrational. Matthew 6, 25 says, don't worry about life, what you'll eat or drink, and don't worry about your body or what you'll wear. Your life is far more important than clothes. Clothes don't make the man or the woman. He says, don't worry about the minor issues here. Worrying is unreasonable. How is it unreasonable? Three ways. First, we typically worry about the wrong thing. We worry about the little stuff, how I look, how I appear, what I say, who am I talking to? Am I going to be late for this meeting? You know, stuff that's irrelevant in five years. It's all temporary. If you're really going to worry, God says you shouldn't. But if you were, don't you want to worry about something eternal, not external? Worry about stuff that's going to matter in, in 10 years or 50 years or 100 years or eternity. Don't worry about stuff that's going to be gone tomorrow. It's unreasonable because we pick the wrong things to be concerned about. Second, you can't, you worry about something, you can't change it. It's useless. If you can't change it, why are you worrying about it? To worry about something you can't change is stupid. Either way, if you can change it, change it. If you can't change it, so what? You can't do anything about it. Worry's not going to change it. It's irrational because we think that worry is actually a form of control. We think by worrying about something, we're controlling them. So by worrying about my kids, if they're out late at night, you think I'm controlling them? No, it doesn't change anything. Third reason why it's irrational. So anytime you start to worry, it becomes bigger, not smaller, not a smaller issue. If you start worrying about something, it just grows. Someone criticizes you, says an unkind word, some off the wall comment. And that hurts your feelings. What did they mean? They've probably already forgotten it. They probably didn't mean it. It was just some stupid thing they said. If you keep worrying over it in your mind, it doesn't get smaller. It gets bigger. It becomes a bigger problem. And pretty soon you think the whole world thinks that way. Or maybe I am that way. No, the world doesn't hate you. That's the irrationality of worry. Worry is unreasonable. It's also unnatural. Nature doesn't worry. Human beings are the only thing in nature that worries. They're the only thing that God has created in our all of our universe that does that. Ants don't worry. Does a cow worry? Plants don't worry. Rocks don't worry. Horses don't worry. The only thing that worries are human beings in rebellion against God. It's unnatural. You weren't made to worry. Jesus gives us a couple lessons here about this. He gives us a biology lesson, a botany lesson, or plants and animals. <laughs> Matthew 6, 26, Jesus says, look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or store away in barns. They're not worried about that stuff. Do I have enough to live on? Verse continues, and yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than birds? If God takes care of birds, isn't he going to take care of you? Then in verse 28, it says, why do you worry about your clothes? Look at the field of lilies. They don't worry about theirs. Yet King Solomon, all of his glory was not clothed as beautiful as they are. 
don't know if you've ever looked at a flower real close or a rose of any kind, the intricacy, the design, and the detail. I just bought my wife flowers, some roses, and they were these beautiful orange roses with red, with red shading on the outside. It, very pretty because our 26th anniversary was this week. And I wanted to show her that I, I cared about her. And looking at those roses, they are so beautiful. They don't have to put on makeup. They don't have to get fancy. They don't have to worry about how they appear to everybody else. They're not worried about their appearance. They're just who they are. And it's beautiful. Now, what he's doing here, he's giving us a couple of lessons from nature. He says, look, okay, look at a bird. If anybody's on God's welfare plan, it's a bird. Birds really don't do much. What do they contribute to the world? All they do is tweet and poop. Now you probably do both of these things too. And maybe even a lot more than birds. Birds don't eat birds. They don't provide sustenance for human beings. They're, they're on God's welfare system. And aren't you more valuable than that? I'll take care of them. I'll take care of you, says God. Then he gives us a botany lesson. Look at these flowers and how God makes them beautiful just the way they are. He says, animals don't worry. Plants don't worry. Nothing in all creation worries. The only thing I've created that worries, that doubts me, that doesn't trust me, are humans. All of creation trusts God except humans. Worry is, worry is not natural. Did you know you weren't born to worry? You weren't made to worry. Well, people say, I was a born worrier. No, you weren't. Worry is learned. You learned it by watching other people worry. No baby worries. They don't worry about whether they're going to get the next bottle. They don't worry about whether they're going to get the next meal or if they're going to get their diaper changed. They just expect it. Anything that's learned, though, can be unlearned. You don't have to go the rest of your life being a worry wart. You don't. You don't have to go up through having your stomach in a knot and getting tight and tense having to go get a massage because you've turned yourself into a pretzel, getting migraines, all these are over, over things in your life, all these systems of worry, you don't need to worry about it. Worry is unreasonable. Worry is unnatural. By the way, not only do you have to learn how to worry, you have to practice it to get good at it. Now, some of you are pros. I mean, you're really good. You work. You are an expert at worrying. Why? Because it, you practiced it. However, you can unlearn it. Verse 26, it says, your father sees what the birds, he says, your father. It doesn't say the bird's father. It says your father. You're in a different category as a human. God created everything else, but he made you his child. God is not the father of cows, the father of ants, the father of horses, the father of platypuses. Because they weren't made in God's image. Definitely not a platypus. I don't know how, why he made them. <laughs> you and I are distinctly different from all the other plants and animals because we were made in God's image, which gives us the capacity to trust him, to love him. You'll never see a cow praying. You'll never see a dog going to worship service. Well, unless you brought him. <laughs> He's saying it's not natural. Say, God cares for you as a father. Children get special privileges. And even more than that, the other things in creation, worry is unreasonable, it's unnatural. And third, it's unhelpful. It's useless. It doesn't work. It doesn't change anything. Matthew 6, 27 says, who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? 
Worry can't make you an inch taller. It can't make you an inch shorter. It can't make you bigger or smaller or thinner or fatter. Worry doesn't work. You can change anything. He says you can't add even a single hour to your life. In fact, worry will shorten your life. Well, I may not live long. Well, if you start worrying about it, then the tension and distress could actually shorten your life. Worry about any problem in your life will never move you one step towards bettering that situation. Worry is worthless. It's stewing without doing. It's investing a lot of emotional energy for something that isn't going to give you anything back. It's like sitting in a rocking chair where you're rocking back and forth and you can't move anywhere. You're expending a lot of energy, but you're not moving an inch. You've made no progress. Worry can't change anything. You know what? Actually, it can. It can change one thing. It can change you and it can make you miserable. That's what it does. It won't change that person you're worried about. It won't change that situation you're concerned about. It just makes you more miserable. Now, follow me on the logic of this. Worry can't change anything in your past. It's already done, right? Your past is past. So why are you worried about it? Worry can't control your future. No matter how much you think you can, you're not controlling it by worrying about it. If it can change the, if it can't change the past and it can't control the future, what does it do? It messes up the present. It keeps you messed up today. It keeps you stewing without doing. It just ruins it, ruins the present. It zaps the strength out of your body. So it's unreasonable. It's unnatural. It's unhelpful. Proverbs 12, 25 says, worry weighs us down. You experience that? Of course you have. You think about so many things that you're worried about, you start to get discouraged, you get depressed, you go into despair. See, God tells that your body wasn't designed for worry. It's unnatural. You weren't made to worry. Every time you swallow your worry, your stomach keeps score. Every time you swallow your worry, you say, oh, my aching back, oh, my headache, oh, my stomach upset. Why? Because you weren't made to internalize worry. It's unnatural. It's unhelpful. It'll make you sick. People who worry don't live as long as people who don't. People say, I'm worried sick. Yeah, you are. You can worry yourself sick and cause all kinds of problems in your stomach and insomnia and stuff like that. Worry causes more fatigue than work. You go to work, put in a full day's work, come home, you're tired, but you're not stressed. If you go to work all day and you're worrying, 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 you come home, you're not just tired, you're drop dead fatigued. Worry wears out more than work. Proverbs 13.40 says a heart at peace gives life to the body. You want to be healthier? I mean, really, do you want to be healthier? Stop worrying. You got to learn to trust God. See, worry is unhelpful. It's unnatural. It's unreasonable. And fourth, worry is unnecessary. That's the fourth thing Jesus teaches in the Sermon on the Mount. He says, worry is unnecessary. Why are you worrying about this? There's no need to worry because God has promised to take care of you. The Lord is your shepherd. He feeds, he leads, and he meets your needs. He says, there's no need to worry because your heavenly father will take care of you. You know, when I was a kid, if I had any need, I just, I didn't worry about it. I just asked dad or mom, dad, I need this. I got to have money for this. I never once worried about where he was going to get the money. That was his worry. You're worrying about a lot of things that that are God's responsibility. Worry is assuming responsibility that God never intended for you to have. 
Every time you worry, it's a warning light saying, I'm playing God. I'm acting like God. I'm thinking that it all depends on me, that I don't have a heavenly father, that I don't have a shepherd who will feed and lead and meet my needs. You never worry if you understand that God, your heavenly father, and you understand the goodness of God. Matthew 6.30 says, if God cares so wonderfully, even for the flowers that are here today and gone tomorrow, in other words, they're only going to bloom for a few days, then they're gone. Your life lasts decades. If God cares so wonderfully, even for the flowers that are here today and gone tomorrow, won't he surely care for you? See, what he's saying here is that God has assumed responsibility for the needs in your life. He cares for you because you are valuable. You have value. You want to know how much you have value? Look at the cross. Jesus died for you on the cross. That shows how much value you are to God. You're not junk. You're not worthless. You're valuable to God because you're his child. You're a child of God, so you're valuable to him. And he says, I'm going to take care of your needs. I'm your heavenly father. I'm your shepherd. Like the shepherd takes care of the defenseless sheep when you need it, I'm there. Now, what am I saying? I'm saying that worry in your life, every time you worry, it comes from the fact you misunderstand the goodness of God. Worry is a warning sign. It's a yellow caution light beeping that's saying, at this point, I've forgotten how God good is in my life. I've forgotten his promises. I've forgotten that he promised to meet all my needs. He says it over and over and over. I will meet your needs. There's no need that God will not meet if you don't trust him, if you trust him. Now, if you don't trust him, you're out there on your own. But if you trust him to meet every need, worry means I've forgotten his goodness. It comes from misunderstanding what God is really like. You know, we get into trouble every time we start doubting God's goodness. Whenever we start thinking, God's not going to take care of me. God doesn't really love me. God isn't a good God. Every time you start thinking like that, and you know where these thoughts come from, you're going to get into trouble. You're going to go down a blind alley, hit a dead end, have all kinds of discouragement in your life. And it doesn't even make sense. Now, most of you who are listening are believers. You've stepped across that line spiritually. You've said, I put my trust in Jesus because I know I'm, God is perfect and I'm not. There's no chance I'm going into heaven on my own goodness because I'm not good enough. And I'm trusting Jesus to forgive me and save me by his grace, not by my works. And I'm just trusting God to save me because he loves me. He wants to forgive me. He sent Jesus for me. And when Jesus died on the cross for you, he solved your biggest problem. You don't have any bigger problem than eternal salvation. If that's your biggest problem, why do you doubt his taking care of the smaller things in your life? What's the logic of saying, I'm going to trust God to get me into heaven, but I'm not going to trust him to help me with my car payment? Where's the logic in that? It makes no sense. Why would you trust God with something so big like eternal salvation, your entire future, but not trust him with who you're supposed to marry or whether or not you're even should get married or what job you get, what school you should go to and all the other questions in your life? Why don't you trust him with those things too? It doesn't make any sense. I don't doubt him for my salvation, but I do doubt that he's going to take care of my health. I doubt that he's going to take care of my career. That doesn't make sense. If God can be trusted for salvation, he can be trusted for everything else. So worry is not only unreasonable, it's unnatural, it's unhelpful, it's unnecessary. And the fifth is it's unbelief. 
Jesus says worry is unbelief. It's doubting God. God has promised to take care of every need in your life if you trust him over and over and over. Philippians 4.19, like the message in Living Bible here, it says, you can be sure. It means it's certain. It's not a wish. It's not a hope. You can be sure that God will take care of everything. Everything you need because of what Jesus has done for us. God is good to you, not because you're good. God is good to everybody. He's good to even bad people in the world. They get the same life. They get oxygen. They get blood. They get food. They get the sunshine. God's goodness is based on his own self. It's not based on us. You know, he's saying here, if God is going to take care of every need, every time you worry, you're doubting God. Have you ever thought about that? That's why worry is a sin. Matthew 6.32, it says, people who don't know God and the way he works, they worry over these things. Now, let me be honest. If you haven't stepped across that line, if you're not a believer in Christ, if you haven't made Jesus the good shepherd or the Lord of your life, you ought to worry. And you know why? Because you're out there on your own. You're not depending on God, your heavenly father. You're not depending on his goodness, his grace, and his love. You're depending on yourself. So you know what? You ought to worry. There's a lot of reasons to worry if you don't have God in your life because you got to face all those battles on your own. You got to find all the solutions on your own. And you're not God and neither am I. You're just not. The starting point is the humble attitude. God is God and I'm not. And when I understand that, all of a sudden the worry starts draining out of my life. People who don't know God the way he works, they worry about these things. Non-believers ought to worry, but Christians are different because we have a Heavenly Father, a good God who promises to care for us. And God says, hey, what are you guys worried about? You're not plants. You're not animals. You're not birds. You're my children. You see, it's actually an insult to God every time you worry because you act like an orphan who doesn't have a family, who doesn't have a father. Every time you worry, you're acting like you don't have a father who has promised you over and over again his word to take care of your needs. When you worry, every time you worry, you are acting just like an atheist. You're acting like there is no God, that there is no promises. I'm just out here on my own. Here it is. Worry is practical atheism. I want you to get that. Worry is practical atheism. Listen, I don't really believe in God will help me out of this mess. So I start depending on ourselves and we start taking matters into our own hands and we assume that we have to figure it all out rather than trusting. That's called playing God. And you know what? It's a poor testimony. If you claim to be a follower of Jesus and you're worried all the time, that's a lousy witness to the world. It's like saying, I'm just like you. I don't have a God who takes care of my needs. I'm playing God. By the way, you know what the worst kind of worry is? When you say, you know, things are going too good. I'm just waiting for the other shoe to drop because things are just too good. That's the worst kind of worry you could possibly have. I don't really believe God is a good God because things are going too good. Something is bound to happen. That's what Job does. There's a whole book of the Bible about that kind of worry. It's called the book of Job. Job was enormously successful. He was wealthy. He was well-known. He was beloved. He was popular. He was famous. He'd be a billionaire today. And he kept going, things are going too good. And when everything fell apart, he goes, that what I feared has happened. 
It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. And when we, when we get to heaven, you're going to see how many times you set yourself up for failure by worrying instead of trusting. Do you think God's ever worried? Of course not. God made you in, your, in his image. He doesn't want you to worry. John 14, 1, Jesus said this, don't be worried. <laughs> what do I do instead of worrying? He says, believe in God and believe in me. Now, how do you do that? Well, we ran out of time to go to the second part of this message. So we're going to have to cover that in the next spot. And we're going to see how to, what to do instead of worrying. And we're going to look at four things that we can do each and every day to trust Jesus to meet our needs. So if you're stuck worrying, why don't you ask God, hey God, I need some help here. It doesn't make sense. It's unnatural. It's unreasonable. It's unhelpful. It's useless. Help me to get out of that. And you know what? God will answer your prayer because he, it's one of his promises. We ask and he'll give it to us. Ask him to get rid of your worry and he will. So next week, we'll look at what to do. So I hope this encouraged you. God bless, and I'll see you in the next pod.